Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao Thank you, thank you, everybody, for joining me to what is called Wrestling With My Thoughts on the Sidecast, brought to you proudly by the Sideroom Podcast. Today's show, we're talking about random wrestling news that's been going on throughout the week, my rants about certain things, and of course, the advertised content, which is Championship Wrestling from Arizona and their Heavyweight Championship Tournament. So we're going to start off with this. First news of the week that I have up here, which I want to rant about. It's not the most recent, but I kind of want to rant about it. It is SmackDown invading Raw this week. So, every year, we get the whole brand versus brand thing going on. And I'm guessing this year is no different, of course. But looking at the past storylines that have been unraveling the last what two to three to four months this one's a little jarring to me reason being is that we all have intricate storylines happening from raw and smackdown very very progressive storylines but at the same time we're sacrificing these storylines just so this whole brand versus brand thing can actually this gang warfare can come about so we had Raw start off Angle just being excited for you know Survivor Series coming up, and I'll touch about on that in a second. And all of a sudden, Shane McMahon comes in, and you know, no selling any kind of injuries from that Hell in a Cell match. You know, the dude should be freaking broken. But I digress. Comes out, says, "Hey, you know, it's gonna be Team Blue taking you out," and you're looking at Angle like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then 
bro, you have a sea of the SmackDown roster come out and just intimidate Kurt Angle. Then you have, and mind you, these are all faces at heels. This is not like, you know, Team SmackDown's heel bunch. No, this is everybody. Girls, guys, everybody. And then you have Shane McMahon make an order to go back there and bring Kurt Angle back for him. For no apparent reason, you know, this is just like, get him, boys. Like, he's a mafioso. So I'm having problems with that already because we're, we're establishing Shane McMahon as a heel for no reason when he still has a storyline with Kevin Owens, who is the legitimate uh, real heel. Thank goodness Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were not part of this segment. Separates them from the pack, makes them feel important. That being said, though, we have a sea of SmackDown superstars go from, like, tiers of wrestlers and give them, like, a gang war beatdown. And maybe some people like this. I got a lot of positive feedback hearing from this, that people love the gang warfare. It reminds them of the NWO days. No, guys. Sorry. It does not. In my opinion, it does not. Um, and I'll tell you why. But we had a sea of people just jumping everybody they see, they come across. So you have a sea of Team Blue, look at uh, Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews. And they're like, oh, what's up, guys? How you doing? Pop, 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 pop. They get jumped. You got uh, uh, the females come out with Sasha Banks, Bailey, a couple of the heads. And then you have, like, the girls pop out from SmackDown, and they jump them. But nothing like a jump. It's, like, really, like, face on face, making them feel like they are the dominant threat. So I had a problem with that because it wasn't even, like, a, like a, a really dirty tactic. It just made them feel like they were more superior face-to-face, so that was really weird. Um, you even had Rollins and Ambrose, like, do their, you know, climb on a fixture and jump on top of the Sea of Blue, and they get jumped. So it was just, like, weird. Then you got, like, Kurt Angle, like, like, grab, like, a baby boy by his arms and brought back to the ring, and, yeah, more shaming man, just saying, you know, we're a superior brand, we're gonna bring it to you, we're gonna beat you down endlessly, and, you know, they leave him just like that. My biggest whole complaint about this is that through all these little beatdowns that were happening, we have weird combinations. Bro, we just saw this year with Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin have, like, a little rivalry going on for about two months, smacking them up, but then you have Baron... And Shinsuke over here beating down the agent with like both. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on. I'm like, okay, y'all became friends now. All right, cool. I know this is wrestling people, but you know, storylines matter. So, you know, you have all these continuity issues just for, to sacrifice this whole brand warfare. And I just have problems with that. I think if you're going to do something like this, let the heels be heels. Let the faces be faces and go about that way. That being said, though, this brings me to my next topic. Survivor Series. Survivor Series is very near and dear to my heart. It's always around my birthday. It's a November classic. I always enjoy it, even though I get disappointed by it sometimes. Sometimes I do consider it a, a big four. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the year and who they push in. This year, a little weird because they're going again with the SmackDown versus Raw aspect. But they're literally kind of going the way they did with bragging rights, a pay-per-view they did a couple of years back. Um, where they had, like, everybody from one brand fight another person from another brand. And I just have problems with that because with this card, you're having champion versus champion matches. And it just, I don't know, in my opinion, it 
devalues the championships that these people are holding and devalues the champions. So the first one that was announced was going to be Brock Lesnar taking on Jinder Mahal, champion versus champion. Number one, horrible, 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 horrible. You are building Jinder somehow to be this new Iron Sheik semi-character trying to build him up as the hero of India, like kind of like Bret Hart was, a hero of Canada, but also being the heel of the United States. By doing so, you are establishing him as a top, 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 top deal in your organization. On the other side, you have Brock Lesnar, who you're building as your monster. You're your shade of gray, but your monster. And he's unbeatable. No one has touched him, really, since his... Um, altercation with Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe, but he has not lost his title since he won it. The same token, though, you're having a match which is either going to damage each of these characters' streak that they're on right about now. What's weird about it is that I'm intrigued of how this is going to end, because I think it's going to be a BS finish, but if they do plan on literally either squashing gender or having the outside interference and gender beating Brock, it only hurts both of their careers. Having gender beat Brock Lesnar is just like a slap in the face to Brock's title. Brock beating gender devalues your oldest championship in, uh, in uh, WWE history. So that right there should be like the top of the food chain. That's like history right there. That title means something still. And by another champion defeating that champion, not only does it um, take away the credibility of the belt, but also what you're trying to establish with Jinder Mahal. You're also doing things with um, IC title versus US title with Miz taking on Baron Corbin. Heel versus heel for no apparent reason, unless they're going to change it in like a week. For no apparent reason, you're having these two people fight. And from what I'm seeing, heel versus heel never really works unless he's a fan favorite heel. And both of these people, as much as I love them is, they are hated when it comes to the fans. Baron Corbin especially. Baron Corbin is just, you know, I, I guess people have a following with him. But at the same token, he is someone I see that has not really broke out the way I would like him to break out. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his wrestling, maybe it's his character, maybe it's that his, his hairline is so far that, you know, I can actually draw um, with a permanent marker a new hairline for him on the, on the front of his head, but I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I just don't like him as a top contender just yet. Anyways, you're having these two fight for no apparent reason. Devalues both of those championships. You're having the Usos... Um, taking on Rollins and Ambrose for their titles. And as much as that's going to be a great match, devalues those titles as well to whoever wins, whoever loses. And then, of course, um, the women's match, where you have Natalia taking on the Raw's women champion, Alexa Bliss. And like I said, even though it's a great match on paper, it devalues those championships. Then you have your traditional Survivor Series match, which they really haven't announced yet because of the whole sickness going on. 
with the mumps with Roman and Bray and a couple other people. So you have that up in the air with the five on five SmackDown versus Raw men's, and then you have a five on five SmackDown versus Raw women's, and um, that's really about it. That's Survivor Series in a nutshell for you. You might have a cruiserweight match here and there, but like it's just I don't know. To me, it's a slap in the face for the continuity you're working with for the last three months, especially for that Shane McMahon angle. If we have like literally Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon in the same ring on the same team taking on same uh, team raw or even just being drafted by Shane for team smackdown no like why why would you do that it makes no sense the story i digress i'll be even more pissed off with that i'll leave that alone uh, put your thoughts in the comments wherever you see this bumpers itunes i would love to hear what you feel about it another news that we have right here we have and this is actually breaking news, too. Emma has been released by the WWE. Uh, it's not clear why, but I could definitely see maybe she was pushing for it. Her back-and-forth struggle coming from NXT to the main roster has been a little disheartening to me because I like her as a wrestler. And when I look at wrestling fans that I hang out with sometimes, and I'm like, oh, that's just Emma. It sucks because Emma's actually a great, she's a phenomenal wrestler. And the fact that she's improved like a fine wine the last five years, developing her character, developing her body, developing her in-ring skills. And the WWE just continuously drops the ball of her. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to be in that position. Um, going from NXT with that one character, that dancing bubbly character, not really translating well on the main roster. That means sent back to NXT. Developing that evil Emma character was great. Having like four star, five star matches in NXT, coming to the main roster with Dana Brooke, and then getting injured immediately kind of hurt her career. So she was out for almost a year. Then you had her debut back as this um, elegant Cinderella kind of character. They were saying with vignettes week after week. And then with no progression with that. It was like almost four months with these vignettes. Then she finally came out one day and said, yeah, this is not happening. So they dropped that character and went back to Evil Emma, which I was happy with because I thought Evil Emma still have legs. Still has legs to even go now. And... Yeah, she came back again, and she was trying to be a threat, and she got injured again, which doesn't help her case. Comes back, tries to get herself into a title picture, tries to get herself um, with new content, doing like the hashtag Emma, hashtag this, hashtag that, the WWE's women's residential Twitter machine. And it was catching on a little buzz, and then, you know... This happened where Asuka makes her main roster debut on Raw. And yeah, you have Emma as a sacrificial lad, which sucks. Um, I mean, it was the same case in NXT. And, and, and this as well, too, I hear people pissed off about that match. I was actually happy that I went 50-50 with Emma um, instead of being a squash match. But yeah, she um, jobs out to, well, I wouldn't say jobs out. But she loses to uh, to Asuka on her debut match. And she loses again on Raw. So her credibility went down again in the toilet. And from there, we just hear that she's been released. So it's a mixture. It's a bag of mixed nuts when it comes to this, unfortunately. She's a great wrestler. 
She has a, a bad history of injuries. Yes, I understand that and setbacks, but it doesn't take away the talent that she is. And if she is going to be looking to go to different organizations, a la Impact, a la ROH, even New Japan, go for it. You know, when uh, whenever I see these this wave of wrestlers leaving the company, you know, looking at her, looking at Neville, and also the new additions that were released, Darren Young. And Summer Rae. The opportunity's out there. Even more so than it was before five or six years ago. And it's more mainstream these days. The indies are becoming more mainstream. So they're going to find a job regardless. She's going to be okay. Um, just sucks to see her leave. But it'd be interesting to see where she goes. So happy to see her actually develop a lot more in different organizations. Uh, let's see. The last piece of news I have right here before we move on to advertising content. We got Jeff Jarrett being in a WWE rehab center. So it was reported last week that Jeff Jarrett is no longer in ties with Impact Wrestling. So whatever it was with Global Force Wrestling, whether it was his hands in the cookie jar when it came to Impact Wrestling, working with Anthem, those are all cut. I'm guessing it was a couple instances backstage or... A couple of instances in Mexico as well, too, where Jeff just was getting drunk backstage and wanted to wrestle. And a couple of instances happening with that there. And it was just a lot of bad publicity that Impact did not need. And um, it is a good call on Impact. I understand what they're saying. You know, um, it's just part of the bad plague that Impact does get when it comes to bad publicity. So maybe this was the best course of action in their case what's interesting is that the wwe does want to help them and if this helps or merges uh alliance with Jarrett and the wwe again that would be phenomenal i know that he has a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths but i love jeff Jarrett. i think he's a great mind when it comes to wrestling i think um, he was a great heel as well too for what he gave to the wrestling industry as well so I'm on the fence with this because um, I want to see him get better as a person. And I want to see him come back to the WWE as someone who can either give his perspective, his, his, his knowledge of the wrestling business, his knowledge of creating different businesses to the WWE. Um, I don't want him in any in-ring right now. I don't think he needs that. I just think he needs to be a creative mind behind the process. So it all depends on what WWE does with him. But in any case, I definitely want to see him do something in the WWE if that is a course of action after this rehabilitation center. So my best wishes to Jeff. I want to see him recover from this. I know a lot of family has suffered, especially my family has suffered with alcoholism. So it is a real thing, people. You just can't be like, nah, I'm not going to drink anymore. And that's it. It's a demon. And sometimes you got to distinguish these demons. It's tough. It's tough. Which leads me now to the advertised content. So this weekend, I had a nice little, not even little, an awesome, awesome, awesome event brought to you by Championship Wrestling from Arizona again. And these are one of the indies that I've been going to for the last month or so. Just checking out different selections when it comes to pro wrestling in Arizona. And I'm, I'm always taken aback when it comes to championship wrestling from Arizona. Because the quality is always fun. And I'm never disappointed. And yeah, there was a disappointing moment tonight. But it didn't 
really affect the show for me as a fan and for the fans that were there in attendance because they put on an excellent show. Championship Wrestling from Arizona was at the Empire Club here in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. And it was their tournament for the first Arizona State Heavyweight Championship. And it was an eight-man tournament. And a few of the people that were there in this tournament were the likes of Gino Rivera, Manny Levins, Peter Avalon, the Navajo Warrior, and the Hawaiian Lion. Those are just to name a few. This tournament was excellent. Thought every, every talent did a great job in all their matches. Me especially, I was favoring two. Looking at Manny Lemons, I just love Manny Lemons' work in the ring, his character, the way he vies with the crowd. He has not only adults, the females, and the kids along with him. So, bro, you are a great prospect in my opinion. I think you are someone that could go above and beyond when it comes to a company, and you could be someone that can carry a company as well, too. And, of course, El Boricua from Nueva York, from Brooklyn, Gino Rivera, bruh, like, you surprised the hell out of me. You know, you were the first match to start, and you closed uh, the show down as well, too, and you killed it in every match. You know, for someone that maybe is, what, two, two inches higher than me, just just killing every match. And even though he was working as a heel, with heel tactics, cursing the crowd, screaming at the crowd, this guy right here, this Boricua from New York, coming into Arizona and becoming the first Arizona heavyweight state champion was just mind-blowing to me. Um, you know, the tournament capped off with Manny Lemons taking on um, Gino Rivera for that title. Um, Manny getting taken out in the beginning of the match by some unfortunate circumstances. but uh, And then Gino taking advantage of that situation. But at the same time, they put on a brilliant match. And the fact that I see Gino just take him out, lay the Puerto Rican flag over him, and just claim his title. It was just a breath of fresh air. Because we don't get to see that. Um, uh, Americans don't get to see. Great Puerto Rican wrestling. I mean. If you want to go. You go look at the Colons. And Puerto Rico. There's a lot of places you can see. Great Puerto Rican wrestling. In New Jersey. New York as well too. But. Out here. It's a rare commodity. So looking at that aspect. This was, a, this was emotional to me. As a Puerto Rican. And kudos to you, Gino. You did a great job there. You surprised the hell out of me and the fans. You got heat, but if anybody sees these events happening on TV, <laughs> um, you're going to see um, two Puerto Ricans cheering them out in the crowd. <laughs> so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, the the whole night was not just about the tournament itself. It was also about um, an advertised match between... Your boy Kevin Killacross versus Alberto del Patron. And um, this was a disappointing part of the evening because it seems that Alberto didn't necessarily do a no-show. It's just he was caught by an unfortunate incident and could not make it. So we had Mr. Cross over here have an impromptu match. And this match, I mean, this is my first time seeing seeing Cross on live, 
And, bro, seeing this guy, number one, he's humongous. Number two, he is a killer. No pun intended. His professionalism in the ring is is just, I, I can't even explain it. It's just incredible. Um, he's intense. His ring presence is great. His ring awareness is great. He knows what he's doing every part of the in every part of the match and every part of the ring. He knows where every camera shot is to show that aggressive look. I mean, this dude is the epitome of a professional. Um, he reminds me a lot to ask. And seeing that he was built from a head in New York. I can see some um, some influences from Taz. I mean, the suplexes, the Taz mission, just in general, his presence alone. Just he he makes himself bigger than what he is. Something that you know Taz used to do himself. This guy is incredible. Um, I was building him the Manhattan Project. You know, you could put, take that kill off. I know you're you're living in Las Vegas now, but keep that title, man. The Manhattan Project. You should roll with that. That's awesome. Dude's a, a spectacle. I, I advise anybody on YouTube or try to look him up somewhere else. His matches, you know, Kevin Cross is a beast. Um, so we didn't get that Alberto match. We got a couple other matches. I know I mentioned that the Hawaiian Lion and the Navajo Warrior, a.k.a. the Tribe, was there in that tournament. They had a tag team match as well, too, impromptu tag team match. And they are just intense. They remind me of Demolition, honestly, just without the the whole <laughs> lingerie aspect, dominatrix aspect. They are intense. They've been around for a long time. They are incredible to watch. They are veterans. Um, They know how to get the crowd going, and they're just high-impact wrestlers. So if anything, I want you to check out the Tribe as well, too. They're just brilliant when it comes to wrestling. And just a, a plethora of all the wrestlers that were happening that night. I, I wish I could get into more of it. I wish I got some interviews that night as well, too, but I had to kind of get out of there a little early this time. But, um, yeah, can't wait for the next event. Um, supposedly Alberto and Cross are supposed to headline the next event as well too, so hopefully that works out. Um, I'm excited. I think everybody who who's into whether professional wrestling, indie wrestling, look them up. They're a great brand, and I think you should support your local wrestling. Anybody that, whether you're from New Jersey, whether you're from New York, whether you're from California, here in Arizona, support your local wrestling because at the end of the day, yeah, you're always gonna have those big time you know, WWE New Japan's Impact Wrestling. But the same token, though, this is where everybody starts. And if you're looking to see the stars of tomorrow or just look look at the stars in, in your own backyard and just enjoy classic, but not too classic, family fun wrestling, support your indies. And support Championship Wrestling from Arizona. They're a great, 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 great brand. And um, that's it for me. Once again, uh, this is provided by the Side Room Podcast. Um, this is my sidecast, but I want everybody to go out and just check out the Side Room Podcast. We have a lot of things available for every fan where it comes to uh, MMA with the Kimura Chronicles, where it comes with um, sports and baseball and basketball with BX Lou Sportcast, uh, Real Men Reviews, where we just review everything from anime to horror movies. We have Pillow Talk, so if you want to get that that VH1 MTV ratchet going on. You got ICO up there. We have the Side Room Podcast, which we do a weekly podcast on just everything. More like barbershop talk, so if you're into that, check it out. All brought to you by the Side Room Podcast. So, um, yeah, check us out. We're on Bumpers, of course. We're on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter at the Side Room Podcast, Instagram at the Side Room Podcast. Let us know how we're doing. 
let us know if we need to slow down a couple of things or if you want to hear other new things let us know leave a comment subscribe like you know just share whatever it may be if you're into this podcast please give a listen to everything and enjoy okay with that being said i want you all to enjoy you can find me val cisco on twitter too and enjoy the sidecast we i put a lot of hard work into this so um hopefully it's something that meets your fancy after this give a like give a subscribe give a hit And always keep your eye.